Hey, welcome everyone to the next episode of the Caterpillar podcast. And today's guest is Scott Scott. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Scott Scott. <laughs> uh, four years streaming uh, World of Warships, uh, along with flight simulators and racing simulators and uh, a, a vast variety of different things. So, But mostly warships. That's what I'm known for or not known for. But you, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, talking about warships, uh, the first dev block we have to talk about are basically economic changes in update 011.1, which is basically a correction to what they told us earlier. Due to an uh, miscommunication, I mean, internal error. <laughs> So originally, as I said, to you, as I, as I yeah. said to you before, like it wouldn't be wargaming if there wasn't a miscommunication. Yeah. That miscommunication, she is naughty. And mm. Definitely. So yeah, basically, originally they said that carriers would uh, earn less experience for dealing damage, which where the error comes in because they earn more experience for dealing damage now. Mm. So as I said. I, Please, please stop farming battleships in the J line, uh, and can you please kill some ships? That would be yeah, yeah, they, thanks very much. <laughs> they should also get, I think, more experience for for killing. And I think they was mentioned here again. Basically, they they said that they wanted to make carriers gain more experience so that they can. Uh, like in rank, so that I have more chances to keep your star or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, is that, that that's that's the prime the primary thought process behind ranked is that how can I keep this star? How how can I do the very most damage that I can do without dying and keep my star? <laughs> yeah, they've never really yeah. been able to 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 get away from that issue of of people playing for the star rather than like they've tried various changes and they've tinkered with it in various ways over the years but yeah it's, it's that's always been an issue really uh, it, it but, feels yeah. like the the usual wargaming approach right at first they tried different ideas how to do ranked then they had a system that wasn't working that well and then they were like yeah let's stick with that hmm. But, uh, you know, they are saying that you're getting, what, 5% more for killing a Tier 8 and 15% more for a Tier 10. Um, hmm. If you're a Tier 8 and a Tier 10 match, good luck getting your airplanes through any of the A. <laughs> good luck. Indeed. Oh, it's just a flak fest. It's it's hard to... I mean, it, it it's on one level, it's hard to summon... You know, sympathy for people playing carriers, but yeah, carriers being down tiered is it severely reduces their effectiveness. I think probably more so than any other class. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that for long enough, CVs are hated and you know the the most berated class within warships. Wait until the wait until the water shortages <laughs> come out. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the return wait. of submarines. We're all eagerly yeah. awaiting it. Wait until they come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a carrier, you just have to pick your targets. It's not like... I mean, there are plenty of ships that couldn't shoot down a plane if it was, you know, stationary above them, so... Well, what what I would like to see is is how, how these 
TV mains these days would be able to cope with the RTS system of, of days of old, uh, where you had to work out your strafes and your bombing runs and things like that. It wasn't it wasn't particularly easy, as we as we're all aware. Yeah, that that's I guess what I changed the system. There was just too much of a gap between good and bad. These days, the the gap is oftentimes how well they use spotting. It feels like you really feel a good area mostly because they know how to use spotting. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that if you remember Pappy, um, who was devastating in a CV. Um, he stopped playing on completely. As soon as it switched to this mode, he just went, nah, no, no, that's not for me. I mean, it's basically like an entire different game. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, it does make it more welcoming and opening to, to more players. Um, but, you know, does it give you better gameplay? Does it? Yeah, but you know we, the the, the spreadsheets. We, <laughs> we, we bloody hate them, and that's the end of it. Okay, it's never going to change in our opinions. We don't like them. <laughs> but you know the thing is, is that as I say, some people that's what they prefer playing. Do you know what? Fair play. That's. It. I I like to try all the classes. I don't play a lot of CVs, but um, I'm mostly a. You know, battleship cruiser kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay in DDs, um, and I do play them on stream. Just you know, so people don't moan. I'm <laughs> playing a DD, um, but I do prefer cruisers and and battleships. Um, it's where I started the game six years ago, so it's like a comfort blanket. Whereas you go into a DD, and I always seem to pick. The gunboat DD rather than the torp DD, um, you know. But right, like for instance, Ragnar. Some people say Ragnar is not particularly fantastic, but I like it. <laughs> and it's an annoying little ship. But I just, just definitely, I think we've 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 hit a, a decent state of the game where there's more than enough diversity of of play styles to cover what most people would like. If they're going to like warships, there's going to be something in warships that particularly suits their, their play style. Especially now, because, guys, you can buy a tier 10! Oh, yeah. oh. oh the, all the tier 5 players coming into tier 10, broadsiding, and it's quite good. Oh, <laughs> Great when they're on the enemy team. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, as long as you don't get them yourself. It's okay. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's pass them about. So, uh, on the also, uh, positive side, they have, uh, I think they've now patched uh, the, the technical issues. I'm not sure, like, are there still login and client crash issues, or has the patch actually solved them? I, I, have, I have to say I haven't had any crashes personally, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, I had I use ModStation for just like one or two mods. Um, and a couple of days ago, I did have, you know, a problem where, you know, the game just wouldn't start. It, it wouldn't load into the battle, but then I updated ModStation and it worked. And I've never had a problem. Yeah, I think there was a note on, certainly there was on Reddit anyway, there was a PSA um, saying there was some kind of possible mod conflict. I, I know there was one of my viewers reported a similar issue where they, they just got stuck on the loading screen. 
yeah. And the thing is, is that if you don't update mod station, then it will it won't work. So the biggest tip there is update your your mod station, and it should work. Fine. Yeah, and I'm not sure. They also said they're going to address that game logins are so long. Uh, I don't remember how long I've took me to log in yesterday. It certainly would be nice if, if you could log in in a, a much more timely fashion in the future. It's notably longer than it used to be, I think. Even, uh, it's always been, I think, a bit longer if you've used mods than without, but even people without mods have been reporting that it, it takes now. You know, it's been taking yeah, I mean, longer. Years ago, years ago, you thought that you were sort of fixing the problem by using an SSD opposed to using an HDD, but, you know, clearly that's not the case. I have to say, with warships, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Like, the not now. No. Having it loaded on SSD versus not these days, like the the details on the ships may be loading a little bit faster, but it doesn't seem to make the game load any faster or anything like that. Well, when you were when you were in my stream uh, a couple of days ago, uh, you, I said to you about the flash and kind of artifacts around. The oh game. yeah, that, that's that, been the thing as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pain. I mean, the, the whole lock-in thing seems to be a server communication issue, I have a feeling. Because it, it doesn't, like, the game takes that long to start up. It feels like you're just really, like, getting the okay from the server to lock-in just takes ages. Mm. It may be something in, the, in the, their server-side architecture that's, I don't know, slowing the process down, that, you know, that, that, that the authentication's taking too well, long. Well, again, it, it wouldn't be like Wargaming to have something broke. <laughs> I mean, they, the the fix I think should be online already, so we, we will we'll see, I suppose, how that develops. Buy more tier ten, guys. That's what they want. Buy more tier. Get get the old hamster in the wheel going. Yeah. That'll be fine. <laughs> Just for those that are that have maybe missed it somehow. Yeah, the the, the current collectors bundle things are the Marso and the uh, Hayate and uh, the. Top packages are listed as well. The given price is listed as sixty-two thousand, but it's okay because it's a discount. You guys, it's got a twenty percent discount, so it's actually only forty-nine thousand doubloons, but nearly fifty thousand oh. doubloons. It's, 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 it's the equivalent. It's the equivalent of having a sofa sale. Like yeah. there's a sofa sale every week. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it does feel like that. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, even even the cheaper packages are still thirty five thousand doubloons. That only gives you a three point commander. So generous. Oh yeah, well, you know people, people will still buy them. People will still buy them. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how much people are berated or how much you know people get told that you you're a whale or whatever. People will buy them. Because it's 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 a quick way of getting into a tier ten. I mean, if 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 you have so much disposable income that that amount of money just doesn't matter to you, then you know, it's, it's a lot of time saved potentially. But it's it's still, I mean, the pricing's well, still kind of disgusting for you know a I single feel, feel, digital good. I feel in his money are easily parted. Yeah. That's the entire not, basis not, of free-to-play games. 
<laughs> not Scottish people. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have that reputation of being a wee bitty tight-fisted at times. Well, that's that's the, 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 the how it goes is, is that uh, copper wire was invented by two Scotsmen fighting over a penny. <laughs> it was interesting speaking. This is a complete aside, but interesting speaking to to people from the Netherlands, where that's that's kind of like the stereotype of the Dutch as well, as being extremely tight fisted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and their women all stay behind windows with red lights on. Uh, uh, it's all fair. <laughs> It's it's like a it's like a, a really good dating catalogue. Oh, yeah, you. yeah, that's 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 exactly it. Yep. Goes by cup size. <laughs> um I think the last and the only other dev blog we have is uh we know what the Awami and the Mecklenburg are going to be given away for now. Oh yeah. Iwami is for coal, which I like because it's a ship that I'm interested in. Yes. And uh, more, more coal ships is always interesting. And it's not a terrible looking ship. I mean, it's not a particularly strong. Like, it's it's Amagi guns and Izumo guns, but it's fewer of them at, at that tier. It's only eight guns and a tier nine, which is not like there are other tier nines that only have eight barrels, but uh, it's not a particularly heavy broadside. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a secondary top brawling battleship. At least that's yeah. what they want to create. We will see if they succeed. You know, it's, it's an interesting sort of design of it, certainly, with, with the fact is, is that, you know, it's got obviously the main armament and good secondaries, which which is what you want, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think the Germans need something to, to, you know, give them a little bit of combat, you know, because... If you go into a tier 10 match now, it's shuffling, 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 shuffling. Everybody's not... <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's the meta, you know. I'm not going to use my guns. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I'm going to set you 12.5 kilometres and I'm just going to pepper you. I think to some extent that will, that will die down over time. I mean, it usually does with newer ships, but I, I suspect also that we will see... You know, give it another patch, and we'll probably see some kind of nerf to the sleeve. Oh no, they are not. I think there was something that came out that said that they were they were going to be nerfing it. But it should isn't it already live? Didn't like the last patch already introduced a, a, like I, a I, slight nerf? Yeah, I think you're right. However, yeah, they did, and I missed that in the patch notes. But the thing Therefore, is, is that like <laughs> if you take out um, Prussian. Oh, however you see these new ships I, I just go by what I think right but Prussian right um, or if you take out um, any of the sort of secondary built ships compare it to the Shifflin uh, you, you just don't want to use them <laughs> you're just going to no that's he's, he's not... kind of the clear winner at the, at the moment I, I, I mean dude, maybe there's the high put... the sheer speed and bit more accurately, but it's smaller yeah. calibre secondaries. And... The Ohio does not have Gunther. Mm. As soon as you put Gunther yeah. onto that ship, it just becomes immense. Absolutely immense. I mean, also, the Ohio has shitty penetration with secondaries, right? It wasn't yeah, never that important. great, but since the IFHE nerf, it's basically you, you aren't panning anything. You only hope mm -hmm. of fires, and that's just not very reliable. 
So basically, wargaming back in the 50th RPG nerf, they nerfed the only other sort of competitive uh, secondary. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a line; it was just uh, the the Ohio, the Massachusetts, and the Georgia, right? But there were like sort of free competitors to the Germans at the higher tiers, and they nerfed those secondaries. And wargaming, for some reason, is not really introducing any other like secondary brawling battleships, even though there is a great market for it. Well, yeah, I think people. Yeah. The only one that we know of on the horizon is the Atlantica with its ridiculous 9.2-inch secondaries. So, yeah, we'll see We'll see how the army stacks up, I guess. It does say it's going to have a vulnerable citadel in the uh, the thing, so I don't know how suitable that will make it for true brawling, but, uh, yeah. Depends on how well it angles, really. We'll just need to wait and see. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's I mean, very slow, right? They did have the stats for it up somewhere. So they closed a uh, yeah closed test for eleven point two new ships. I think it's got the stats. I mean, I'd like to see like a second like tech tree line that also focuses a bit more on like secondary brawling. It's it it feels like Wargaming has decided this has to be like the German gimmick and nobody else can touch it. But for example, like the the Italians would have been such a like, with their, their smoke, and, uh, like, the Italians would have been nice candidates for having maybe a second brawling line, especially with how inaccurate the main guns are. Because Wargame was like, well, yeah, no. If you think, a battleship equivalent of the, uh, the Napoli would have been nice. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that, you know, if you take the Colombo out, it makes the noises of having great secondaries, and then you just realise that Stevie Wonder's firing the guns or the secondaries, <laughs> and it's not hitting anything. It's just like, oh, is there a ship there? Oh, I might hit it with a couple of secondary rounds. Um, but the thing is, is that when you've got ships like Georgia and stuff like that, and um, you know, th- these kind of ships are, are what people enjoy. I mean, people come into the match room and say, well, I love, I love the, the Georgia because of the speed you can flank in it. The secondaries are, you know, a really nice added benefit. Plus the guns, if you get them to 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 hit properly, will smash just about anything. Um, it's a it's a great ship. Um, but again, they don't really keep up with the Germans because if you get that ship versus you know a German mm-hmm. ship, um, the 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 secondaries certainly seem to set more fires, hit more rapidly, and a little bit harder. So. You're right. We do need we do need a line that can that can battle direct with the Germans and and you know give it a run for its money. And since wargaming obviously always listens to feedback, I'm sure we will get that in our weight. <laughs> no, you will not. You will not get anything. Okay, uh... anything that is discussed here will be ignored. Uh, as long as we all aware of that. Okay, wargaming yeah. does not care. Okay. Well, that, that was that was the feeling even when myself and Atan were CCs. Is that uh, it, uh, sometimes, well, often even felt like shouting into the void. It was fairly rare to feel like we were having any kind of meaningful well, that's contribution. The, that's, there's the EU CC program in an absolute nutshell. There's because <laughs> you get you've got North America right who do everything correctly. For instance, they have a process. To be a CC, uh, and they will they will you know give you an interview and you know go over your stats and you know things like that. Then you've got the EU and they go, ah, who do you know? Who can, who can promote you the hardest? 
I think, okay. honestly... You can have it. <laughs> there, there was a bit of a scramble as well after after the Great Exodus, after Little White Mouse. There was definitely uh, uh, a void they were rushing to try and fill with, with new names. A million percent. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's not even... <laughs> some of the people... I don't even... You go, who? who? Like, guys will come in and go, oh, did you hear who became a CC? Nope. <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. Sorry. Sorry, who are you? They they used yeah. to I mean they, they even used to do um much more regular kind of like spotlights for showcases for their the their, their CCs and that that well the the absolute beautiful part of it is the fact is is that their application on the forum to be a CC has been shut down yeah like there is no way to apply on the on the EU server to be a CC unless unless someone promotes you in a certain direction. I'm not saying that it happens a lot, but it happens. Okay. We all know it. <laughs> I said anyway, it. We're getting, we're getting a bit off topic here. Yeah, we are. We well, are. Carry on. Well, I mean, it's, it's a nice uh, lead over to the next topic because there's some new content oh, creator true. guidelines for content creators like us. I, and I don't... It's interesting reading of this because I don't know if there's anything that's been super new here. I mean, compared to, um, if people can cast their minds back to when way back when Flammy was still a CC and then got excluded, and uh, they, I think, drew some kind of guidelines up at that point. But I, yeah, I'm but not those sure were CC guidelines, right? Here. Yeah, that, yeah those, those are not. Those are not general guidelines for every content creator, not just people who are affiliated with Wargaming. So those are for, for like everybody who wants to in any way stream, uh, make videos on YouTube or so, or podcasts, which is hilarious because Wargaming thinks that if you discuss warships on a podcast without using any of their material, they still have a right to dictate yeah. rules to you. Yeah, that that that's the part where it gets more sticky in my eyes because technically they have a, a leg to stand on in terms of being able to uh, have leverage essentially if you're using any of their material on a platform like YouTube or Twitch. Uh, you know, if you're you're like playing the game or otherwise looking at, at, at you know board gaming content, uh, pictures or, or promo videos or whatever. But uh, you yeah, know, when it comes to they don't. They don't really have a leg to stand on in terms of having any hope of enforcing this at all. It, it just can I can I point out that there's not going to be many Scottish streamers that can can like, stick by this because it says no sex, no drugs, no discrimination, no profanity. <laughs> come on, come on. To be fair, it has been pointed out that 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 is very much intended for content created. For wargaming, that that four part is the, is the is quite important. So you know, if there was this was any if there was any kind of official in collaboration content with wargaming, and I'm guessing it also means that the the rules for for community contributors, the existing ones, are going to be that that's going to be trickier. Like they're going to have a harder time in terms of uh, having to moderate their language somewhat, but. I think I think yeah. they're pretty much beaten by a stick already by, yeah. by the EUCC program. Oh, do you like free stuff? Do as you're told. 
Do they give away? Do you told? I mean, the the whole post is interesting because I mean, this is a general guideline for all content creators, right? And then they basically say that uh, uh, they don't uh, allow inappropriate content and then when they clarify inappropriate they bring out the must comply with the age uh, rating requirements of the product but then they say this created for wargaming so they sneak that little clause in and they now seem to be claiming that this clause is only there for if like you do official things like maybe if you are on the official channel but wouldn't it like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure if you are on the official channel, they will hit you with some additional rules or guidelines anyway. So why put it in there? It feels like this whole document is intentionally vaguely worded so that they can, no matter what you do, they'll always can point to some part and be like, oh, you broke that rule. Yeah, I mean, the thing yeah. is, is that you said that there's, not, there's nothing really that different. But what they've done is, is just make the net bigger. So they've included just about everything. They... You know, if you if if there's something that can hurt the wargaming name, it, you know it's here, right? It's here, it, and you're right. They can point to it and go, "Well, you did this." Well, all right, okay. Still promoting your game for free. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, like I I I am I am you know streaming your game and. I'm not not promoting, you know, loot boxes mm -hmm. or, you know, premium ships. Why would I? But I'm playing the game, so you know, I am inherently um, promoting their game for free. So, um, you know, you can. I, I mean, you can take it by a pinch of salt. As far as I'm, I'm not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to sit yeah. there and go, oh, hello, children, hello. Hello. Oh, you you don't plan to to make a stream for seven year olds now because that's basically what what that get like the on the same page like you see it's, it's for seven year olds right so yeah, should should we now point like, out no. in the official stream if it's not for seven year olds they are breaking their own rules. The thing is, is that it's okay to say it's for seven year olds, but you know it was all right for seven year olds to buy loot gambling boxes. Good old, well done, well, well done, more gaming. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because didn't they say that they require an age statement now if you have a pop-up that requires you to be able to or something if you buy a loot box? Wasn't there something like that that they wanted to implement or have they already no, implemented it? I know some countries have banned them altogether. Like, you can't you can't buy them, like, off of the premium store or anything like that in certain countries. it's, what is it, Belgium and South Belgium, Korea? Yeah. Well, there might be one or two others, but, yeah, there's just... Places where stuff like that is just straight up unavailable, and they've not bothered to make any alternative, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They've not, they've not bothered to make any alternative arrangement, basically. So they're just straight up. They've not, they've not guys, they've not put it in a different guise, is what you mean? Yeah, you know, um, which is quite unusual for for the Korean market, especially if anybody's played like the new game Lost Ark. You know, that's that. There's people that have spent thousands of pounds um you know on that game before it was released in in the west um it, it might be they just decided in south korea particularly that there just wasn't enough of a player base but yes yeah, south korean free-to-play games and mmos seem to be their own kind of 
weird niche from what I understand in terms of how the games are designed. And they quite often have to change them fairly substantially before they come to a Western market, if they come to a Western market. But yeah, it's that 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 net is really quite large now when it comes to the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, I mean they also have in there that you can't uh, disseminate false and untrue information as part of the gaming content. So basically, they, they if if they think that, I mean, I I suppose it's mostly about if if people like use the game to get political or whatever, then they come after you, which in a way makes sense, but. Uh, I mean, untrue information is also a very. I mean, it's technically, it's, it's it's it should be very simple what's uh, false and what's uh, right. But you know, if I mean, you the think... thing is, is that there's a fine line because the thing is, is that yeah. the game is based on World War Two, all right? And there seems to be this distinction of let's not talk about World War Two. Let's play World War Two, but don't talk about World War Two. Don't talk about any subject to do with that or you know, certain elements of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, play the game. Play the play the game. It's just a game, but it's based on World War Two. And the thing is, is that you know there is certain people who will not allow people to talk about World War Two and the history and the the, the, the things behind it on their streams. Um, and the thing is, is that you know, I'm sorry, but it happened and it should never happen again so like I'm all for talking about it which is especially pertinent I suppose at the moment with current events with Ukraine Uh, I mean to be fair that's not an uncommon thing in gaming there's loads and loads of games single player multiplayer set in that era that just either gloss over or totally ignore you know some quite historically significant aspects of but the World thing is, War is that these, these people these people didn't die for no reason. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think it, you know, I've got a lot of military in my, in my background when it comes to, you know, family members and things like that. And I had, you know, uh, uncles and, you know, great-great-grandfathers that fought in the Boer War and things like that. And the thing is, is that you should never forget about uh, why they gave the sacrifices that they gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, to say that you shouldn't talk about certain aspects of what a game is surrounded by or why it's made is a bit it's a bit wrong and you're trying to it's a bit what I'm trying to say is is that it's a bit snowflake it's just ever so slightly one way to put it yeah uh, I think the warships in particular I mean I think it, it has like you could say this for it's got a lot of people a little more interested in naval history than they would have otherwise but it's always very um it's kind of quite removed from the overall context of the Second World War in, in particular. And uh, even post-war events, I mean, I don't know how many people will remember uh, when the, the Hoyle de Nuli, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? The, the South American one. Yes. The, the, South, you know, the South American Boise. <laughs> yes. Um, the, I mean, there was myself and some uh, a couple of other CCs that were particularly uncomfortable because of its... I, I mean, technically, post-naval service, it, it was essentially uh, part of the um, uh, the sort of uh, dirty war period in uh, the, the, the several South American nations. I mean, it wasn't just 
uh, I was a Brazil, Argentina, and I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, these these uh, deeply, deeply unpleasant, repressive regimes which were kidnapping people in broad daylight and like mm-hmm. torture camps and all that kind of thing. And uh, also, the fact is, is that I don't think people wanted to mention the word Falklands. Yeah, I mean, that was it. Even because because there were several, it's like even not going with the Belgrano, which was just, I think the similar the same class of ships. You know, there was at least one other option in in with like the Chilean Navy or something like that that, that could have. Like, they had the choice of if we want this ship, you know, um, would um, want to. Uh, uh, go with something that doesn't have any kind of problematic history in its service with with X nation. Then, yeah, and I, I think uh, at the time, Sub Octavian was particularly dismissive, and it just never really went anywhere, unfortunately. But yeah, that's, that's probably the one occasion with a particular warship's history where it has really um, what I tend to like to do is take against that, what I like that to do context is take problem. That. That Argentine flag and put it on my my Royal Navy ships. That's what I like to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No. <laughs> for a history point of view, it's it, for me. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it makes a, it makes me smile. But there you are. I mean, the, the the sad part is that Wargaming, on the one hand, they even have, like, historical streams, and on the one hand, they have, like, articles and so on where they, like, sort of embrace history, and then on the other side, when it's inconvenient, they just sort of, like, dismiss and it, very, go away, then suppress it. So very, it's... Uh, very squeamish about even acknowledging certain sides of things that that happened. This, but, it, but it's sad, because, like, even now... Us three are, are still trying to figure out ways to say things that we know what we want to say, but we're trying to figure out ways that we can say it that are politically reasonably correct rather than well, talking yeah. about I mean, It's not even like this is just within the naval sphere, but if you look within um, sort of World War II history generally, and, and like I said, this is not a problem unique to warships or, 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 or gaming, um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's. Um, it's kind of like how how do we discuss things without like there was a, an article I read not that long ago about um, uh, it, it, so it was essentially the denazification of of Wikipedia and um, it, it was basically one editor I can't remember they were they were of like Polish extraction or something like that I'm probably completely misremembering but. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially going through all of the many, many articles that that were about famous uh or you know, within within the context of, of World War Two history anyways, famous um uh, Nazi figures and, and mm-hmm. actually uh an awful lot of of uh of uh, of articles on them, people like um Wittmann, for example. Uh, were just they did not even begin to kind of meet the guidelines of of, of, of yeah. Wikipedia, and it was it was almost kind of I think glorifying a, and glossing over. Yeah. Some, the thing is, know, is that there, there's yeah. a really it, it, it's a fine balance between talking about history and and using it as a teaching tool or mm. in relevance to a ship or you know whatever it is, rather than you know, using it as a form of discrimination or hatred towards a particular country. 
Um, and the thing is, is that you know, if if you look at old pictures of you know Bismarck and things like that, it had huge swatch stickers on the front and back. Yeah, huge. You know, There's and the... the thing is, is that, but but surely, as a as a, a consumer and a, you know a, a, an adult, I should have the option of having them on or off. Yeah, Do you know what I, I think. Mean? Well, you. With that specific example, any kind of Nazi symbology, you do end up running into like various countries that have specific laws against that sort of thing in certain contexts, contexts even. And uh, like, I can see why companies play it. So, hell, I mean, in Germany in particular, like even games like Team Fortress Two, very kind of comedy game. Um, you you can't have any blood. I think German games in particular is kind of weirdly censored. Like in, in TF Two, I know there's the as the specific example of if you shoot somebody, they don't they don't bleed. They uh, they burst into confetti, literally. Well, there's the there's the Fortnite generation right there. Germany yeah. <laughs> um, has some weird laws, like in in uh, a command and conquer, like the the uh, soldiers. I think were all androids, at least in the first game or in the first two games or so. Like Germany is, is that... weird with censorship. But but I mean I don't know. Like Wolfenstein, how how was that portrayed in Germany? <laughs> you know, I, I, quite possibly, you know, they they probably did have to change some things in order to to sell that. They no, I'm not even sure if the, is it <laughs> is it even sold. I have to just censored no everything. I mean, uh, there's even an example I can think of from from World of Tanks, and this was uh, a bit of a controversy a couple of years ago, and I don't know if it ever really led to anything. But uh, basically, um, a lot of people in the Polish community, uh, this is probably a good six, maybe even seven years ago, were, were quite unhappy that, I mean, Wargaming had the policy of, even though it would have been historically accurate to have um, uh, like inscriptions on tanks naming Adolf Hitler or other prominent figures, um, at the same time, they were perfectly okay with having, uh, like, having inscriptions on your tanks that that mention Stalin, and uh, you know, people in Poland, in particular, were not happy about that. And I'm sure other countries, like maybe Ukraine, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that that you could point out even as, as even if you in, look at certain Discord emotes, right? And we've all seen them. Get to the Gulag, and you know, all mm-hmm. that, that. That it seems to be. Like perfectly acceptable to have Stalin go and get to the gulag, but if you have a Hitler emote, oh my god, you just shut your server down, just close it down. Yeah. You can't have it, you know. But I mean, the the two figures really um, are, are iconic of that war. It's like having a Churchill emote or you know anything like that. You know, they were they were all part of the same thing, you know. So as yeah. I say. It, it it would be it would be nice if everyone could just be grown up and sensible, and we could just have the full context of of things. And this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. But as I say, the the, the these content creator guidelines, it's it, they 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 throw a net far and wide, far and wide. It does feel. I mean, yes. at one, uh, in one way, I can kind of understand them having this as just kind of a, a guideline, but it also feels sort of 
vaguely threatening in a way, and that they're like, well, you know, you cross us, we might beat you with a stick. But I think, uh, to be fair to Wargaming, given the things that have happened in the past, especially as regards striking people on YouTube, uh, I, I think they have a, a much more cautious policy in that regard. So I don't don't think they would. Well, they're not picking ears. They're not like, but yeah. yeah. Since a couple of days ago, Wargaming are in a very precarious situation, especially with the sanctions and things like that that have been handed yeah, down we'll to see, Russia. See how that affects things, because for those that are unaware, um, well, the parent company, Wargaming, is um, Cyprus-based, as I think a lot of Russian, or well, at least some Russian companies are, um, but the main studio uh, that produces World of Tanks is in uh, I want to say oh, what's the capital of Belarus? Is it Minsk? They're in Belarus anyway, mm. and Belarus is you know completely complicit in what's happening at the moment. Um, in the UK, they've just announced uh, expanded sanctions against not only Russia but also Belarus and St. Petersburg, of course, itself in in uh, in Russia. Um, or one of the many places where there are uh, anti-war protests at the moment. So, yeah, it's kind of... We'll see how, how the game is affected in, in, in that regard. I just, I just want to know where the where the servers lie for Wargaming. Are they running the servers out of... of yeah, outside they're all over the place. Or... I think there's some in like the Netherlands, some in Germany. Uh, definitely a load in Russia. So, we'll see. Yeah, there might well be some disruption depending on how things go and how how long things go on for. I, I would also like to point out what I've seen is that Wargaming has decided to currently pull their advertising yes. for, for their products yes. because of uh, ongoing events, which is a yeah, nice this, move. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably uh, a decent enough response. I, I wasn't expecting any particularly political response from Wargaming that would be Highly unusual for them, and kind of unusual for for a lot of companies. To be fair, um, but yeah, there's there's. Definitely... Hey, I'll accept. I'll accept the Ukrainian ship. So I can. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure somebody somewhere out there is is modding the Kiev, which we have in game, tier eight destroyer, to have you know Ukrainian flag camo on it. I'm sure that's the thing that's happening. I've already seen posts on War Thunder where it's a lot easier to. Uh, um, modify your 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 tanks particularly, and someone basically just slapped a big Ukrainian flag effectively on like a T seventy two or something like that. Mm. So you know, people people will find creative ways to make these statements within games anyway. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it's, you know, we're all we're all concerned about what's happening there anyway, do you know what I mean? So the thing is is that, you know, whatever your political view on it is, you know, these these type of things should never never take place. Honestly it's It's, it's a sad time. Not good. It is a sad time and it's sad for, do you know who it's sad for? The kids. It's sad for the kids whose parents are staying behind and having to fight, mm-hmm. you know you know, for for no reason, they're fighting for their own country. Do you know what I mean? Because one man wants to invade their country. You know, I, I guess I guess 
some people don't learn. And Papa Putin seems to be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly, I mean, I've, I've seen various, like, you know, there, there are various game companies based in Ukraine that, that it, you know, at the moment, there's, there's kind of, uh, I don't know if indiscriminate's the right word, but there's, you know, shelling and bombing and whatnot going on. So there's, it's, it's kind of almost inevitably, um, right, the, the, the gaming space is certainly not separate and apart from what's happening right now. Um, I even saw some tweets from the um, the company behind DCS. Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen it as well. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, saying you know, please, please don't use our game to try and like you know do mock ups or glorify what's happening right now and spreading mis- misinformation. And goodness knows, we've had things in the past of TV channels, uh, like even in, like, like Russia, China, like literally using game footage. As though it was actual, well, actually you know, uh, footage. Especially, so. especially North Korea when he just like gets a like a, a wee toy missile. Oh, yeah. you're so great! <laughs> but the thing is, is that you know we can laugh and joke because we're not anywhere near it. Let's be honest. I mean, the thing is, is that in that area, and, and it can quite ha- easily spread from from where it is now. Um, so it does affect us on the daily. So, and people need to understand is that when you look at the map, you know, you, you look at the map, and we're used to seeing Russia here and America here, but it's not that. You've got Alaska and you've got Russia, who are quite close together. So it, that's worrying. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't take much. It really wouldn't. So. Uh, well, I mean, no. this is we're, we're well off the topic of warships at this no, point. No, of course, right. It's probably probably unlikely we'll we'll have any uh, escalations, shall we say, between countries with worryingly large weapons. But well, uh, you know, it's still it's, it's still it, yeah. It, it's as I said in. in in my, my my warships video that I put up today at the start, that you know, it's there's still, uh, uh, you know, it, it's a giant fresh new vein of kind of generalized anxiety for everyone to uh, enjoy. I mean, the thing is, is that you know, for for the whole COVID thing for two years and things like that, and people not seeing each other, not being able to travel, no, I think this is the last thing that people wanted to happen. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that was the scare. Have we not had enough? In, was it start 2020? I can't remember. We all were kind of worried that America was going to start something with Iran and that that kind of, fortunately, nothing happened. And uh, I think a lot of people were hoping that's where we would be again now, but no. So, yeah. Anyway, shall we we move on to our... Our main topic yes. of um, uh, cruisers, and this, this was uh, off the back of a, a, a Reddit post, and it kind of chimed with me just because it's something I've noticed myself for maybe like the last year, maybe even longer, and it's not been a consistent thing that I've noticed, but that um, cruisers are sometimes almost nowhere to be found. You'll get lots and lots of battleships and 
lots and lots of destroyers and a carrier, and then there's like maybe two cruisers sandwiched in between. It's, it's not an infrequent sight. So um, this this Reddit thread by uh, K. Weniston, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is basically bringing up the topic of um, you know where where have all the cruisers gone? Is 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 the game too harsh for cruisers now? I mean, shall we? I'm sure it's up on the screen, but we can maybe yes. read out the post, or do we just want to dive into the topic? I mean, he, he brings up, we, we can summarize basically the, the points that he's making and then maybe discuss them afterwards. So basically, mention first the, the overmatch of uh, battleships, which is getting, well, more, and more a problem than the, the CV spotting. Uh, then that uh, CV spotting has also taken away a bit of the cruiser's role of like spotting destroyers with, with consumables like raiders. Then the existence of, well, battleships that go more into cruiser territory with the playstyle. I guess it could also include destroyers, even though it doesn't mention it. There are some destroyers oh, that it, are basically included. Yeah, it mentions ah, yeah. Um, things like, well, I, I don't think he says the Ragnar, but stuff like the Ragnar where it, or the, the, the German second destroyer line where it's it's very, you know, you're playing a destroyer without the Citadel, essentially. Or very, very mm -hmm. high DPM destroyers. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that you know the Hindenburg is is one of my favorite cruisers. Um, it's god tier, as far as in my eyes. So the thing is, is that I think it depends on one how you set it up, um, and how you play it. I mean the thing is, is that people also forget that warships is basically a game of RNG. So it's a throw of a dice whether you're going to get citadeled or not. Um, so the thing is, is that yes, there is more of these ships you know, Smiland and, you know, these kind of DDs that c can farm me down. I mean, I've done it with a Ragnar where, against a Des Moines <laughs> and burned the Des Moines down. And the guy was obviously infuriating. You know, he couldn't couldn't fathom that a DD was doing this to him. And he couldn't hit me. So the thing is, is that, yes, there, there, there is a case of the the, CV, uh, the cruisers being dumbed down a little bit. Um, but again, it's not like the old days where you could, you know, farm from a distance and not be spotted. Do you know, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. there is lots more things that can spot you these days. Um, but again, <clears throat> I think it comes down to your personal playstyle. There's a lot of people that charge in with these ships, and we've all seen it. We've all, we've all witnessed it. Um, and the thing is, is that is there more of those players versus? guys that have been playing those ships for a very long time, you know, that started with the Atago, which again is one of the best tier 8 cruisers that can still hold its own in a tier 10 match um, you know, the Zhao now that's been uh, buffed slightly, again um, Hindenburg, which has been you know, buffed more times than my car's been valeted uh, it's you know because we started with one version of it and then they went oh well they're too powerful we need to we need to nerf it and then oh no we'll buff it again um, I think you know honestly from my point of view is that the Hindenburg without a shadow of a doubt is one of the best cruisers in the game um, if you play it correctly obviously if you're a potato then you will get mashed so um, but yeah it's it's there is more things out there 
that can, and I think it's better now than if you remember Dead Eye. Um, yeah, you know, I think we're in a, a still a better position now without Dead Eye. Um, I think some people need to tell Battleship players that Dead Eye is not a thing anymore, and they can come off the G line. Uh, I mean, there were always the thing is there were always Battleship players like that, but. Dead you know, Eye specifically say, encouraged and enabled such players. No, you say battleship players, let's be specific, specific Yamato players. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, I, I have 27 kilometre range and God damn, I'm going to use it! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think when we talk about cruisers, we also have to acknowledge that Cruisers are very wide spectrum right now, right? If if you have like something like a Des Moines or if you have something like a Petro or so, like a certain cruisers don't really have a problem with survivability, but a lot of cruisers have, uh, well, let's let's say more issues. Like if you are like let's let's take the Des Moines. The Des Moines has basically thirty millimeters of side and deck armor and like twenty seven front and rear, and yep. the only thing that most battleships don't overmatch these days is is the belt. And now with the the Kurfürst getting replaced with the Preussen, it's basically one popular ship that used to be not able to overmatch 30 is now replaced by another ship that's going to be equally popular or more popular that can overmatch 30mm. So if you're a Des Moines, it's like either get penetrated or, or dodge, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not a ship that has a lot of range. It has to get close to use its its radar. And then comes in, for example, the carrier spotting, which means you will be spotted before you can reach the island or the cover that you want, or you will even be spotted behind your cover because planes. And the planes can spot you even outside of your anti-air range, uh, technically, so it's not like you could even shoot them down if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely, against certain cruisers, more and more elements in the game that makes their life harder, and that's why they're probably disappearing. It's not like a Demon is an unplayable ship right now, right? A Demon can be a very powerful and fun ship, but it's getting, I say, harder to play with mm-hmm. like changes. Well, well um, the post itself does um, make the point that uh, it specifically says cruiser play has always been high skill, high reward, uh, but they reckon that the, the skill floor has become even higher. Um, so that, that uh, it's, it's basically. Uh, it, it requires a certain amount of, um, uh, you know, base skill and uh, dare I say, you know, imagination to uh, to get away with playing some of the, certainly some of the more squashier cruisers. Like there's there's some of them like the the Petro that do have <laughs> pretty good armor. If if we could say that about the Petro in particular, um. I- but even things like you know Venezia, which are relatively tanky, these these kind of large heavy cruisers, or Puerto Rico. Um, but there's also you know there's an awful lot of very very squashy cruisers, even at the higher tiers, where you don't necessarily even have to make mistakes in order to get punished really really hard. I mean, there's there's a reason nobody plays the British heavy cruiser line, for example, which has all the squashiness of the light cruiser line. But no, I I mean I, I like playing Goliath. I think I'm, uh, maybe maybe there's something broken in my head. But yeah, I, I was gonna say, are you, are you is, is that a cry for help? Or? <laughs> mate, I've done I've done like over three hundred k games with it. Like it's it's the the ship if you play it correctly, it's super hard to hit. It's you know 
again, it comes down to like, does it? Is it the is it the ship or is it the person controlling mm. the ship? You know, like there's room for very skilled cruiser players. I mean, you know, just being not a terrible cruiser player, but but minotaur players, minotaur players have got it the worst. Like you know, like mm. as soon as that thing spotted, everybody's like, mate, 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 yeah, mate, uh, mate, yeah, mate, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think kind of the point of this post is that it, it, it very much um, the, the the dampening effects on overall cruiser populations because you've got the less skilled players uh, maybe dabbled with cruisers and I mean even at the mid tiers, you know, the, the experience of getting blapped in cruisers is is extremely commonplace. Look, you um, know yourself. You go into matchmaking these days. If I fired up the game right now, this is how your matchmaking would be: four DDs in a carrier. And then you would have like two cruisers and the rest battleships. It's that's, not uncommon. Yeah, it's definitely not uncommon. <clears throat> and um, so, yeah, you just end up with with these players uh, gravitating particularly towards m- battleships with their greatly enhanced, you know, survivability and range. Or else, uh, I mean, for myself, um, a lot of times these days, if I feel like playing a cruiser, I'll probably play a destroyer instead because you. You 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 don't have, have a citadel. Yeah, you don't have a citadel. You have way you better have stealth, and you have yeah. you have a much higher chance of having an impact on the outcome of a game in something like a destroyer than a cruiser. Generally, I mean, if you if you want to have you know fun at distance, take the Elbing out. My goodness, the Elbing is so much fun. That AP hits like a truck. Mm. That that is a cruiser, a tiny tiny cruiser. Not that tiny. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, a tiny, a tiny enough. I mean, that's the thing about the Elbing. The Elbing is a great cruiser and a ship destroyer. I think you've also got, you know, like the the French destroyers are exactly what the the Habarovsk and, and the the Russian stealth firing destroyers were once upon a time. I mean, not that stealth firing anymore, but I think the the the, the tier 10s, I can't remember what the so you can get up to, but the ballistics on that are horrible for long range anyway, but the the, the Tech Tree tier 10, um, you could get up to like so almost 18 kilometers or something like this. Like it's got better range than some cruisers kind of thing and trying to hit a small, fast-moving, fire-spitting target, you know, that, that's a root it's frustration. Like, it's, it's either, you know, a good game or a bad game. So the thing is, is like if you take out, say, like the Colbert, um, you can have an amazing game in the Colbert, or you can take it out, get spotted, and get detonated. Mm. It's it, 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 that is, it's either that's how that ship is, it, you know. Um, but again, it comes down to the rest of the team as well, and 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 how your gameplay is. Um, if you're not looking at the mini map and not keeping an eye on where things are, and you know, and again, this is the problem that I've got with them selling tier ten ships is that these guys that are coming in have no idea about radar distances. Mm. They have no idea about you know switching off their AA in order not to maybe get spotted so quickly, um, or even pressing O to put defensive fire to a side of the ship. They don't have a clue. So I mean, the thing is, is that is it getting watered down because of bad players, or is it the ships? Me personally, I think the the player base now, in terms, you know, since they started selling tier ten ships, has got 
really bad in tier 10. I have more fun at a tier 5, tier 6, tier 7. I do wonder, on that specific point, how much is, is if I can put it this way, the, the, the lockdown effects of people maybe... Like, I don't know if we've had a massive influx of newer players, but maybe players that played the game a little bit before and then had a lot more time on their hands and you know they've, they've now reached the higher tiers and they've, you know, yeah. they've bought their tier 10s. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, is, sell, uh, selling tier 10s, though, that's never a route to, to good like, things. Before before the Rona appeared, okay, uh, everybody said it on their stream, oh, my God, it's the weekend teams, right? Oh, it's, it's the Saturday. Yeah, yeah. 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 For me, every, yeah. Ev- every day now is the weekend. <laughs> every single day. Yeah. yeah. It's almost, I mean, it's not quite as bad as World of Tanks, but one of the reasons why I very much stopped playing that was because the instances of games that were just a complete one-sided curb stomp vastly outweighed the games where they were actually interesting to play and it was actually kind of more competitive and we're more getting to that state of things with warships now as well I, i don't think it's still anywhere near as bad as world of tanks but there are notably more games now than two years ago, where it's a completely one-sided result, and you know one team loses maybe one or two ships, and the other team just gets completely destroyed me, or runs let, out of points. Well, let me let me like and 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 you know, it's not just the new players. There's something happened to the old player base as well, right? And I'll give you a for instance. We were playing a game. The game just started. Now, what's the big rule, folks? You never leave a flank, okay? You, so you don't get crossfired, okay? This guy, Keyboard Commander, uh, that wasn't his name, by the way. Uh, he, he just acted like a Keyboard Commander. Uh, right, guys, leave C. I'm like, sorry? I'm like, what, what do you mean, leave C? Like, just leave it all together? Like, and then everybody just went round in this one big lemming train into A. And and you know what happened? What I told him was going to happen. All the other ships came round for C and they just started getting crossfired. And the game was over in like five minutes. It, you know, the thing is, is that, and that, this guy had a lot of battles. I checked out, you know, his, mm-hmm. his, his profile. So in my head, I'm going, how how can you have that many battles but be that piss poor and you're, you're reading of a map, you know, a mini map? How mm-hmm. can you turn around to everybody in the team and say, just going to go one side. Forget about that side, guys. That'll be fine. You know, um, I, I, there is something fundamentally broke with the older uh, player base as well. Let's not just blame the new guys. <laughs> I mean, it might be, this is pure speculation on my part, but, you know, there are people out there that are just not capable of flexible thinking. And, you know, they started off way back when there was only a couple of ship lines, everything was relatively easy to remember and everything's mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, evolved and come on away since then. And there's mm-hmm. been new ships and various mechanics that have changed sometimes quite substantially. And yet these, you know, there are people that are still playing as though it's like six years ago or whatever. So I, maybe, maybe that's a factor. I don't know. Some people just don't seem very capable of changing or learning. And they just do the same thing over and over again. They just bash their I head mean, against a wall. I have to say that it's it's uh, 
misconception that people get better when they play a game for a long time or that they learn like it's entirely possible to learn the wrong things when playing a game right it's like it's it's like you know the battleship that maybe early tried being aggressive and pushing in and just got deleted so the battleship learned uh stay back right and then the battleship realized Mm -hmm. that further back it stays the longer it survives and the more it can shoot things and there's something like the people don't necessarily realize that if they have a bad win rate after 20,000 battles, they might be the problem. They just, yeah, I've gotten a lucky 20,000 battles in a row because a lot of people aren't very good with statistics, I guess. So they yeah, basically, they just... Effect as well. Yeah, and then there oh, is yeah, the, that... the thing that people don't necessarily realize that they're part of a team, right? They look at, like, if everybody is dead and I'm still alive in a battleship with full hit points, I did it right, right? Why didn't everybody play like me? Which is obviously the, the wrong kind of thinking. The thinking should be, why didn't you use your hit points and support your team earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if everybody was so far back, the team would have been over, like, uh, the game would have been over after five minutes and you lost some points. It's It's like people, basically, they don't see the whole picture, they are not good enough to understand how the game actually works, but they see a tiny part, draw the wrong conclusions, and learn the wrong thing. I mean, this this might well, what we started with talking about with cruisers, you know, people, those kind of people, you know, they, they play a cruiser, they're not playing very well, they get deleted really quickly, and they go, oh, I just won't play cruisers anymore, I'll stick to my battleships, you know, that, that might well be why we have this seemingly shrinking cruiser population. Not, not after they've taken the game chat and tell you exactly how how <laughs> terrible you are, but they are amazing, even though they are dead. Uh, you know, but, but you know, you're so bad. <laughs> that that but, one guy that persisted on pushing a flank alone with absolutely zero support. It's all everyone else's fault. But went uh, alone and died. Also, to, to add again on the cruisers, one part is obviously cruisers, I think, are getting harder. Well, certain cruisers are getting harder to play because of how the game develops. But also have to say, even if you know what you are doing, you are still a subject to like RNG because sometimes mm. it's just like after two minutes, you're being spotted in your cruiser. You look where the enemies are, you try to angle, you try to dodge the shells, but that the amount of deletes it from 26 kilometers. It doesn't happen that often, but those are the things that get burned into your memory, where after three minutes, you did everything right and you are dead, and you are like, screw this, right? And especially if you're in a division. And otherwise, maybe you at least directly move on to the next game. But now you're in a division, and the division rates are still playing, so you're going to wait for them, and now you're like watching 17 minutes of a game where you did nothing wrong and got deleted in three minutes. And it, it it's like that kind of frustration where you're like, well, if I pick like a battleship or a destroyer, this would happen to me. Well, it'd certainly be a lot less likely. I mean, you might yeah. still get... We've seen videos or clips or whatever of battleships getting obliterated when they're sailing along broadside, especially something like Yamato where... The shells have that. Just but that but see, that's what you put. what you can control, right? You can angle. Like if you're in a cruiser, you angle there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who cares? The thing is, is that that's why I like ships like, you know, as I say to you, Hindenburg, uh, mains is a is an awesome ship at tier eight. Um, the mains is, you know, it doesn't have the same obviously characteristics as Hindenburg, but my God, can it kite? You know, and it, and it mm-hmm. can it can burn an entire team down if it if you play it correctly, and and obviously if the luck of the gods are you know in your favour and the RNG blesses you, um, but I mean again, I, I just 
Zou, I'll tell you my top ones, right? I like Hindenburg, Goliath. I know, weird. Who knows? Do you know what I mean? Uh, but um, Zou is very good. Yoshino is very good. Um, Boise is very good. Uh, mm. You know, if you if you play it correctly with using the islands for cover and things like that. But again, as I tell everybody, you, you're only one ship. And and a, and, a, and a whole game. So the thing is, is that you can't just rely on yourself to to your team has to pay, play some part of that. Mm. And if yep. they're not, then you will get obliterated really, really quickly. And, and it's it's a lot easier to survive for longer and end up having a bigger bigger impact generally in in something like a battleship or a destroyer or a or a mm. carrier where you're you know sitting at the back and not really spotted. Yeah. So I, I mean, it it did get me wondering all this, like what what could be done to, uh, like improve the lot of 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 cruiser captains and make the class. I mean, it it gets tricky because if you just like flare out, give every cruiser a heal, for example, that might have some hilariously unintended consequences. Or, um, like if you increase all the cruisers' stealth. Um, by X amount again, that might you know just break the game. So it's it's it's. I don't, I don't think it's a thing that there's a simple fix, but I just here's a good start. Here's a, here's a good starting point, right? Give us bloody AA that shoots down planes. Okay, <laughs> it, it would be nice if cruisers became the anti AA class again. <laughs> I I would <laughs> agree with that. Also, like get rid of plane spotting, right? One of the biggest pains of cruisers is that you can't actually use the stealth that you've got to your advantage, that you can't position yourself, even if you know how to properly position. You can't even get there because the planes are on you like uh, immediately and you're like, well, I've barely moved the meter and I'm already spotted, so now I'm going to run away again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the there, there's a huge difference between, you know, if there's a CV in the game and if there isn't. And if there is a CV in the game, you know, there's there's not a huge amount you can do about it. There's very few CVs that have any kind of effective AA. They're certainly not effective enough to stop you getting spotted. I mean, it I mean, used to be it... like that, that if you were like a Wooster or a Teboin or something like that, you're like, yes, there is a carrier, I can farm planes. And now these days it's like, oh no, it's a carrier, <laughs> I'm so screwed, what am I going to do? Like, there was a time where CVs wouldn't come anywhere near Des Moines, wouldn't come anywhere near Wooster, wouldn't come anywhere near uh, Minotaur. Now they're coming directly for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really, um, it's really only blobs of flack that matter these days in terms of kind of anti-CV measures. I mean, what's it? I mean, I've seen it where I've, I've hit, you know, uh, selective fire on one side of my ship. I've seen the planes coming in. It's the same if you're playing against an FDR, okay? The, you know, those planes just keep coming. They're like the Terminator of planes. Like, you can, they just keep... Uh, you know, right, I've, I've hit my defensive AA. Let me see how many... I've shot down one plane. Okay. And he's and put, like, tw- like, the least useful plane these days, really. <laughs> and, and that's the moment when you uh, switch your defensive AA for Hydro. It's like you don't even pick defensive anti-air anymore if you have a choice because you know full well that it's not going to do anything. Yeah, Hydro will always be useful, but AA will almost never be useful. <laughs> like, you can clear I mean, out the flights quicker if that's about it. Let's let's be honest with you, right? Uh, uh, and you guys be honest with me. Do you spec any of these ships for AA anymore? 
Not really. No. I, I, I don't think I've used AA skills on almost go. any of my, <laughs> certainly my cruiser commanders. I might have on one or two of my uh, destroyer, like, you know, Swedish destroyers or something like the, the Friesland or whatever, yeah. or the kid. You know, there's so, very, very few. After the Captain Rework, right, I tried because, well, I mean, before the Captain Rework, anti-air skills were debuffing your anti-air, and with the Captain Rework, you actually got, like, more damage, not less damage, if you spend points into anti-air. So I, I tried it again, yeah. and I tried to run with, like, AA specs and defensive fire and so on on, on ships like uh, Des Moines or Minotaur and, and whatnot, and it's just pathetic. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that it's it's... Again, taking the traits away from ships that had mm -hmm. those traits is is killing those ships. I mean, it is people like people will still take them out because they went, oh well, I've, I I feel like blowing the dust off it, right? But you know, there's very few people that will say I'm a Des Moines main or I'm a Worcester main or do you know what I mean? Because if it, they, it took away half the purpose of the Atlanta, you know, that's probably the the very best example. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta has unlimited anti-air consumable, and I don't pick it. The thing is, is that if you come up against, you know, things like Kaga, which has, you know, no planes it can run out of, uh, that's a problem, because it will just continue to farm you. It doesn't matter if it loses these planes. <laughs> it doesn't matter, because it just keeps coming like a zombie. <laughs> oh, he's got another full, uh, another full set of torpedo planes coming at me. Oh, I'll, I'll destroy them. Oh dear, uh, there's well, another set. We do know they are proposing to make a change where it's going to be AA damage done rather than AA plane kills. So that that might help out cruisers a bit in terms of like the end score screen, but it's not necessarily helping cruisers in a game. Um, and we we know we've discussed this in several previous podcasts that you know it's been brought up as a thing of, of they're looking at changing how carrier spotting works, and then we just haven't heard anything about that for quite a long time at this point. Well, and, at, at this point, at this point, they're trying to squeeze submarines into the game. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, so that's yet thing. Spot. Ping, 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 ping. Oh, yeah. been Citadel, oh, I'm dead. I hate somebody. I swear to God, I hate them. I, I really can't stand them. They've certainly been uh, polarizing, and there's not that many people that are, you know, on the the four side of the the submarine equation. His carrier players are going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate those submarines. I hate those submarines. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't look at my CV. I hate those submarines. Don't look at my CV. <laughs> but you know, I did to... wonder about. Sorry, come on. Uh, to to come back to an earlier point made, right? I also have a feeling like that the general gameplay at at higher tiers is not as good as it used to be, right? You you see a lot of more weird things. Like recently, I had a battle where basically the entire enemy team turned around and hit behind the carrier. Like they didn't contest a single cap; they just all turned around and tried to converge behind the carrier, and they uh, surprisingly lost the game. I mean, it's shocking, really. But uh, the, the, thing, the thing is that makes cruiser play so much harder often because if like the enemy team just moves in and your battleships don't hold the line, in a sense you just get overrun, right? If, if, if you're in a cruiser and your battleships just absolutely drop the ball, which is very common these days, you're like, 
well, what am I going to do? This schlieffen is coming for me, right? It's like, uh, you know, if your own team doesn't back you up, what are you going to do as a cruiser? Unless you are a cruiser that is in the back anyway and is long-range damage dealing. Yeah. Any I mean, cruiser, the is that, yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is that, I f- I, in a way, I do feel sorry for CV players, right? Because this is the life of a CV player, right? Ping, ping, ping on the map. Ping. Why are you not covering me with fighters? Why are you not over here? Like I, I, I can only be in one place. I, you know, like I can't be everywhere. But they go, oh, oh, you're not giving me any support. Yep, goodbye karma. Okay, it's, it, just accept it. As soon as you go into a CV, goodbye karma. Okay, it, 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 if you've got two karma, it's gone. It's actually less possible to support your team than than the old RTS days because you got to. You don't have a separate fighter squadron. No, you've got to fly your attack squadron all the way over there, which is sacrificing, you know, you want to send them over here so they can do damage, but no, you've got to send yeah. them all the way over there so you can drop a fighter, and then you can fly all the way over here. And it's just, it's always that, it's now that balance of, do you actually want to spend the time to help your team? Or are you are you actually going to, like, are you helping your team more by going and doing some damage rather than, wasting time going to, you know, try and give air cover to a, a vulnerable team. You know, I do feel their pain, um, but all they have to do is not play a CD, um, <laughs> and their pain will be relieved. I, I mean, I have yeah. to say, while, it, while Carrier can only, like, obviously both flanks or every engagement wants the Carrier to help them, and the Carrier can only be in one place. But most carriers are not helping anyone, right? Most carriers, they don't spot any of their destroyers on neither flank. They don't hunt down the slow help ships. They don't provide crucial spotting that's needed. They fly uh, through two booster AAs in order to deal like uh, 30,000 damage to a Des Moines with one drop. And uh, then uh, instead of finishing off the Des Moines, they go off and torpedo battleship somewhere at the zone wall next. So- I'm trying to read between the lines here. Are you trying to say that CV players are damage farmers? Uh, I'm saying that they don't, that they farm damage while understanding nothing about the class or the game or the battle as a whole. In most cases. Most of them are just envisaged sitting at their keyboard going, wee! (laughs) To be honest, even even though there's a lot to be said about the current state of CVs, I'll still take it over the RTS CVs where you can have one team with a great carrier and the other team with terrible carrier and that that was it that was the game one player but, decided the entire outcome but if, uh, it, what you tend to find is uh, even back in the rts days is that they knew how to use them right the ones that you always, were good <laughs> yeah as i said to you uh papi the papi you know he, uh, yeah. i mean if anybody remembers him uh one of the greatest cv players i have ever witnessed and some of the biggest scores in cvs using rts um, and he just gave up as soon as these new, like the new flight that you know the way it works. Um, he just went, Nah, that's not for me, that's watering it down. You know, there was an art form to, to being a CV captain, um, and, and being a very good CV captain at that. But, um, nowadays, you know, little Johnny who's borrowing his dad's accounts, like, we planes, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, which was kind of. It's it's both a positive and a negative of how things have turned out that that they have removed that potential for massive skill imbalance between two CV players on opposing teams. But at the same time, it is absolutely a, a far less. It, it is kind of in a way, I suppose you could put it that way. It's dumbed down compared to what it was previously. 
I I mean, yeah, more accessible to a lot more people, but again, that might be seen as a negative thing. I mean, I will have to say, though, right, while the skill gap isn't as big as it used to be, there's still a vast difference between a good and a bad CV player, and it's not yeah, just yeah. about the drops, because yeah. most most CV players, even an average CV player, figured out how to more or less properly drop with the planes. But the thing is, like, such things like spotting can, so, can be so broken and so game-winning, right? But if you yeah. have a good carrier that just, like, spots the enemy destroyers, it alone can't just be like you can't do anything, right? Your carrier is up to the task that one carrier just carries the entire battle. Might not be seen on the scoreboard because Wargaming doesn't like to reward supporting tasks, but uh, good carriers are still like an absolute nightmare to deal with. Uh, they, they are still the kings of vision control. Like, there's no better class for spotting basically anywhere on the map, essentially. Again, it comes down to if that person's particularly good at that ship or not. Um, you know, the the tier ten Russian, the new one, um, cut your box off. Um, oh, the next off, yeah, yeah. That that seems to be, um, yeah, quite strong, quite strong. As Probably in, the, the one I least want uh, to see now. If you, it's it's like when I see one of them, it's like the same feeling I used to get. You know, before I had the FDR, it's been asking an FDR where I, you know, because I'm in a battleship, mm-hmm. all he's going to do is bring his planes across, you know, and torp me until I, 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 I have no health left. If, if, if a CV player determines that you, because a lot of them use matchmaker, and if they deem you a bigger risk than anybody else in the game, in they come, <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, well, you know. I, there's nothing I can do. Unfortunately, it's not as widespread as, as, as artillery players using, oh God, what's the, the mod called? But basically the mod that lets you see, you know, like win rates and skill levels of enemy players. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, that's been a bugbear of, of, of particularly streamers and YouTubers and better players for a long time because they get disproportionately focused by artillery I mean, players. I've, I have I have stopped using Matchmaker because this this is how like <laughs> this is how the games actually started. Like okay, I'll start. I was just loading in. Oh look at Matchmaker. Oh shit! At least with warships, you can hide your stats now. That's the thing, and you, you, I don't think you can do that with all the tanks. Well, you know, and I know that only bad players hide their shit. <laughs> <stats. Come laughs> well, I know. They, I know. They, they, I know. I know. There probably are some streamers and whatnot that that do do that, but it's, how it's dare me? Problem in warships, name, but name and shame them. <laughs> I want to know who these people are so I can berate them. <laughs> now, I was going to say earlier. I mean, in terms of what what can be done to help cruisers, I mean, you can maybe do things like give them economic nudges, like you know, cruisers get better like free XP rewards or captain XP or whatever, or better, they make better credits overall. You know, some kind of encouragement for people to take the risk to playing cruisers to uh, to to keep the population up to some kind of decent level. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe other things like, you know, I had thought, what if, what if as a cruiser player, you just get priority target as a freebie, for example, that would be a, hugely useful piece of information to know how many ships are 
pointing their guns in your specific direction. You know, how evasive do I need to be right now? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, uh, you know, certain cruisers that have radar, do you make the radar more potent? Do you make it last a little bit longer? Um, you know, have it reach a little bit longer, especially with EDs, you know. It would be interesting if you had the choice as, let's say you do with the Yamagiri and torpedoes and you can switch between ranges. What if you could do that with your radar? You could have uh, a long range but very short burst or you can have a shorter range but much more long duration burst of radar. Hydro, you could, you could do the same with hydro as well. And, you know, because that would certainly bring back a lot of the utility of cruisers because there are now, I mean, we have, we, we've just, you know, had a line of battleships added that have their own hydro. We've had previously a battleship of, a line of battleships that have their own smoke. Um, we even have the odd radar battleship in game. Uh, mm. So, yeah, the, the, the kind of utility of cruisers, I think, overall has been a bit diminished and you get um sometimes ships being added like tiger 59 which is almost a pure utility cruiser it doesn't do a lot in terms of damage but you really don't see them taken out very often even in divisions just because uh they're crap either you're gonna do damage or (laughs) or you're gonna be kind of useless because there's there's not that much point to There's no Jill. more certain thing in this planet that you're going to be useless in a Tiger 59. It's like <laughs> taking out the Belfast, whatever it is, 69, whatever whatever verse in a Belfast. Oh, the, hey, the Terry Belfast, yeah. Oh, yeah, guys, did you not get the Belfast when, when it first came out? Here, have a substitute one that's shit. And it's your hire. <laughs> oh, it's just but, it's so bad, man. But, you know, like uh, ma- making, like, radar more... Potent, I think, would be a very bad choice. But the problem already is that radar can be... Like, if there are too many radar ships, it really is, is can be a problem. I mean, well, I've been in, yeah, in seven radar... Radar uh, battles between teams. But... Let's, let's, let's call out the real bullshit mechanic, okay? Which is hydro versus submarines. <laughs> you press your hydro... You can't see a submarine. That's not how it works in real life. Uh, <laughs> Although they've, they've added now that you can see a submarine at maximum depth within two kilometers with hydro. Two kilometers? You're dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you've got a submarine two kilometers up your hoop, right, you're dead. Okay. Yeah, it he, will he, probably he, surface before it reaches the two kilometers and shove some torps up your here. There is a suggestion from the chat of maybe, um, well, I can't see Wargaming ever doing this, but dropping plus two matchmaking for cruisers, and it probably, I mean, generally speaking, World of Warships isn't as bad as, as World of Tanks when it comes to that, that plus two matchmaking or plus two minus two, but I think cruisers are probably one of the most affected classes. Uh, like being down tier, being a tier six yeah. cruiser in a tier eight game, for example, is generally not a fun experience. I'll be honest. I'm a I'm a tier ten main, right? And and the main reason why I'm a tier ten main is because I don't want to get up tiered, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that like I'm in full agreement of making it a one tier system. Okay, um, this two tier thing is not very good. I mean, if you're in a seven, a tier seven, and you get shoved into a majority tier nine, you know. 
people can sit on your stream and go, think of the XP. Think think of the, the, the yeah, yeah. How about how about no? How about no? <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this a while now, but I think going way back, I think we talked at some point about the idea of of um, sort of uh, your stats adapting to the, uh, the 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 tiering a bit. So if you're bottom tier in a cruiser, for example, you get like I don't know, ten percent more range just based on the fact that you're bottom tier, like that that is a thing that one could... Like, it's kind of a, a workaround, a sticking plaster, uh, as opposed to, you know, like, plus one, minus one, would just, you know, kind of even things out. We certainly have enough ships in the game at, at, at this point, but, you know, it's it's then whether we have the, the the population on some servers to support such a thing. But even if we did, I don't I don't think Wargaming would go for it. That, that seems to be really I mean... firmly entrenched. I mean, population-wise, it could just be that if there are enough people, it makes a plus-minus-one game, right? And only if the matchmaking goes on for too long, it will mm. rope in players. It's already so that there are thresholds, the longer you wait in queue, the, the in theory, less restrictive kind of matchmaking theory. is. So th- that would be an easy- It's just that Wargaming really doesn't want plus-minus-one matchmaking, and I don't know if there is an economic reason for that, or if it's... Uh, it's Wait, uh, again, again, we'll talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, the, the spreadsheet says so. Okay, the, the, the <laughs> almighty spreadsheet says that you're having fun at all times. I think it's <laughs> it's purely inherited from from Will of Tanks. Will of Tanks did it so we've started off the the game design from the the rock solid premise that warships is going to operate in the same way, and I, I think that's it. You know, it's it's just been it's in it's in the DNA at this point, and they're just like the. Because World of Tanks is one of the things they were absolutely, utterly intransigent about. I think there was one test for something like a couple of months on like the Asia server or something like that. They, they did a test, and then it was just never spoken of again. And it's something that, that's been um, loudly requested by the World of Tanks community for many, 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 many years. And uh, it, it's just it's it's not something that Wargaming have ever seem to give any serious consideration to. I think so, one of the yeah. main reasons for this is an incentive to go up the tiers. But plus minus one could possibly still fulfill that. Like the, the thing is, right, if you get constantly found by higher tiers as you go up, you see that ship and you're like, I want to have that. Or I want to be the top tier, right? It's like... They've what's... given that as a, kind of, as a reason for, like, particularly for World of Tanks. Um, I, I, I have heard this given as a reason by Wargaming employees and it, it's it, it always seems so ass backwards to me because so many people are just going to be like, nope, I'm out. And, you know, I, I feel like that, that has hurt the game more than it's helped it, psychologically speaking. I mean, that's that's a question, but in the end, what they want is they, they don't want you to play tier free all day long. In a sense, they want you to go up through uh, the higher tiers where you need more experience and then convert your experience to free experience or so on. Like the economy at tier three is like you'd you'd never be incentivized to spend any sort of money or any progress. Right? The progress gets harder as you go up there. So I feel like that. they they want you to to be incentivized. You want to go up because you want to be top tier, but then it takes too long, so you want to spend money. I feel like there is like there is a 
method to their madness in a sense. Hmm. But I mean, the thing is, is that like we, I don't think a lot of players who have, which we've covered before, bought their way into tier ten, realize how expensive it is to play in tier ten in terms of you know the servicing costs in the ship and you know how much if you don't have the right camo on it, i.e. a premium camo, you lose so many credits on the, on the average rather than that's why I prefer going down the tiers into sevens and eights but then you come into the, the, the problem of up tiering um, it's just uh, I, I don't know I don't know what's the best way to fix it I mean you can't it's like talking to a wall because they say that there's nothing wrong with the matchmaking and it works perfectly well so we're all we're all we're all wrong <laughs> I mean, of course, none of us has a spreadsheet to back us, so we can't be right. Well, this is it. You know, you need <laughs> you need to borrow you need to borrow Conway's spreadsheet. But I I feel like at least a plus minus one would really benefit the game overall. But you know, I mean, it, it, it's working. On the one hand, it might be that they have a reason why they at least think it's good for them. But on the other hand, they are just not. They, they are not going to implement something just to, to make it a better game experience. Uh, it feels like they, they really don't care about making the game a better experience for the players. They are also like, it's, it's, it's sort of a what, what's in well, it the, for us. Here's, Atom, here's the truth, right? They, they, they don't want to make the game better for us, okay? Because yeah. they've got their money from us, right? We, they, they, we, we have been those people. We've spent that money. Um, what they're interested in is getting new people with fresh money. Um, so that's that's where Wargaming is at right now, is that they're trying to um, expand the, the, the player base from new players because those new players will open their wallets and, yeah. and spend the money. We've heavily speculated that was a big part of why subs have been pushed in, you know, when they clearly don't fit is that they're hoping this will bring in some new segment of players who will go, oh, submarines. I wonder what this game's about. Then, do you know, do you know what's next? Premium submarines. Telling it. Calling it. Uh, they, they've, they've uh, half a year ago, they already shown a picture of a premium submarine submarine. Like, I think when they were still hopeful that they're going to nail submarines within a short time. There was in the dev blog already, they're like, yeah, stats are going to be announced in the future, but I already had a name and a picture of a premium sub. I think it was Soviet. And uh, we haven't heard anything of that since because they haven't been able to figure out how subs work since then. Yeah, if they have been in a position of perhaps having to radically change it, which they kind of want to avoid doing. I mean, the sad part is if they would focus on creating a good gaming experience, they would have a larger player count and the player base more willing to spend money. But it doesn't translate into quick cash, right? Just scamming somebody into selling them like a, a tier 10 track to ship for $100 or $150 is a lot more profitable than to just keep like a large happy player base. I think that was one of the big changes we saw under... Um... Uh, Sub Octavians. I mean, we kind of talked about Sub Octavian a little bit last week, but uh, and, and his you know announced resignation. But um, the, under his tenure, that that move towards these these very high, well, I don't want to say high value, but you know high high cost packages 
Mm. And uh, like it, it feels like the game leaned much more heavily into well, both loot boxes and whale hunting. I mean, even even taking it out of the the premium store, there's definitely a there's definitely a problem with them wanting to release ships for like say free XP. To me, it feels like they just want you to use the free XP to skip lines on the research bureau. Um, yep. You know, to gain those ships. You know, if you remember back to the days of you know getting the mighty mo for seven hundred and fifty thousand, you know, free XP. It seems crazy these days, considering that you can get an absolute turdier ship called the Hayat uh, for two million. Uh, you know, two million of your free XP. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that they just don't seem to want to release ships for free XP anymore. That it's mostly aimed at coal, steel, and and that's it. And use your free XP for the research bureau. Um, that that seems to be where we're at with it. I, I think the days of getting a free XP ship are over. I don't I don't think we're going to see another one. Yeah, Any probably kind of not. Yeah, I just uh, I, I just had a thought of of of. In response, I know it's a bit of a late response, but in terms of not wanting the games to get better, I think that's kind of fair and kind of not, because I think as far as Wargaming's concerned, the game is good enough, and therefore they're kind of at the stage of, well, how can we get money out of this thing that we have that's good enough, rather than you know, uh, put our focus into how how do we make this a better experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, is, it's even when we, after years, get something like we can show up and see how Adrenaline Rush is now active and how many percentages. They they expect massive praise and feel like they have done such a great service to the community, which is a good change, mind you, but it's like, you know, this should have been a basic function. It's like even when they they implement something that should be basic function of a game, they they'd expect like we roll out the right carpet and worship them now as gods walking. Yeah, wouldn't they like like that? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I mean, the thing is, is that it's you just have to wait and see who takes over from uh, Suboctavian. Question mark. Yeah, we don't really know. What that means for uh, that's, that's not until March. We Conway, Conway. I mean, uh, Conway's Conway's on the the community management side, so I don't know if it's that likely. But yeah, who, who knows? Didn't some Octavian also start with the community management side? Really, I can't remember. But I mean, it would. Uh, it, it's probably like a job in in Saint Petersburg, so it would come with a moving office. So I'm not sure if any of the European community team would would be willing to do that, or if like speaking like Russian would be like uh, a job requirement. Probably. Maybe maybe it'll be completely out of the left field, and they'll announce that Earl Grey is coming in. Just the new... <laughs> that's, oh, that's such a oh, troll for me. making that suggestion. Oh, trust me, Errol will be coming nowhere near it. I've known Errol for many years, and he will come. No. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know, you never would. You, you probably couldn't, like, literally pay him any amount to at this point, but anyway. No. But I I now want to see a video with a hidden camera where I approach Earl and offer him the job. <laughs> there might have to be lots of bleeps, lots of censoring. Oh, look, uh, I do, and I've said to Errol, I'm like, I says, you can slag wargaming all you want, right? Because we know that you fell out with them, right? I'm like, I says, but 
you now live in a new country with a new wife. I was like, come on, yeah, it's a, it's a win yeah, for you. Yeah, not that much out of it. Yeah. Catalogue page 54, wife, hello. <laughs> 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 um, I'm a, a 57, please. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't think there's much else to cover at this point. Um, I did see, and something we missed from looking at that, um, well, we mentioned the Hayate and uh, the Marceau being on sale. There was actually a thing on that page on the portal uh, where it notes down at the bottom that the Forest Sherman will be available for coal and doubloons. Uh, at some point in, I think, the current update. So if you've been hanging on to your coal, you know, you've got now the option of, of buying that, and it seems by all accounts the Forest Sherman is, is a, a decent ship. So, uh, yeah, very got, decent ship. Yeah, you've got, in fact, you've got the option of that and the upcoming Iwami as well. So, uh, yeah, you'll have to decide what you're going to save and what you're going to spend. Although, to be honest, I think I would probably get the Forest Sherman over the Iwami would- first. I would really like to know, and excuse me for just destroying the name of the ship, but the Mickleburg, uh, I'd like to know what's going to make that worth my steel. Yeah, that that's going to be, uh, yeah. I mean, apart from having, it's like 16 barrels, but 305 mils? How fast <laughs> is this thing going to be firing? Is it going to be like a 15-second reload or something stupid? It's German dispersion. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. You know, obviously, only people that know right now are those that super testing it, and we only have preliminary stats. So, yeah. See, what, what I have to think about now is uh, I'm not sure if any guys of you have played it a pretty old game at this point Vampire the Masquerade. Pretty amazing game, by the way. But it's a role playing game, and there was like a sort of. Uh, side quest but but there was an npc that you could ask it was a seer and you could ask them uh, to see in the future if you would win the game and the answer the seer gave is if you win or not doesn't matter what matters is that you bought the game and that's basically <laughs> when you ask the what why should you sp- uh, spend money on a mecklenburg because they want you to buy it well i'll need to wait to see what it brings to the table I'll wait until you see that the, what the video is It certainly looks fairly different from other steel ships. Certainly, I mean, it's more in line with, um, well, I mean, what, we just had the Marlborough. The only other comparable ship is the Leon on uh, Tier 7, so. Yeah, yeah, but it's a steel ship, so steel ships tend to be relatively decent while, yeah. you know. But so, not many um, barrels, it's going to be a shotgun, so what, what are the other... What the other the persuading characteristics are they going to be to Good Aunt Yeah <laughs> No good. If that has like top notch anti I'll eat my hat. <laughs> well I mean top notch for wargaming standards. Yeah, a, a battleship with capable AA would be uh, a tier ten, you know, enough to make a tier ten carrier thing twice, that would be quite something. <laughs> and things like that as well. You know, uh, will it be a, a, a more, you know, in terms of main battery gun gameplay rather than, you know, the secondaries and then occasionally fire the main gun? 
So, as I say, it'll be interesting to see, you know, gameplay on it um, when they're allowed to, to show it. Um, I've not seen it in game yet. I've not came across it. So, I'd like to, so I can stick my ship in front of it, so I can see what the secondaries are like and whatnot. So, um, I'm going to see what like. I mean, they state high rate of fire and good accuracy, so it it looks like more of a main battery focused ship. Although it does come with torps, who knows? Wami, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know. How many times have we been stung by ships now? Come on, then. Mm. But yeah, you it know, just has to be better than the Heisen. That's all. <laughs> it's not a high bar to beat. I said this. I said this on stream like a couple of weeks ago. Is that? There, there is no for me since the Smolensk, right? There's not really been an amazing ship. Um, it, they've been mediocre. They've been okay. You know, Malbra is okay, um, but there's nothing that's really, you know, super duper. Um, and even if they do release something that's great, they'll just nerf it. <laughs> they'll just nerf the yeah. thing anyway. It's like, you know, it's a lose-lose scenario. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, we've seen that, was it the Agir that had the really good secondaries? Wasn't it? Was yeah, Agir or yeah. Siegfried. Siegfried. Like... In fact, I think it was Siegfried. Um, and then a, a certain uh, person that makes videos with Wargaming uh, basically got that nerfed because he had fun. And how dare you? How dare you have a ship that puts a smile on your face? How dare you? No more of that. Have an earth. You know, smile is just not the column in the spreadsheet, so. Well, I think that, that's, that's the perfect out on which to, to wrap things up, <laughs> really. There's not much more else to say after that. <laughs> so, where, where, can we, where can we find you on the interwebs, Scott Scott? www.twitch forward slash scotsgod that's where I am that's where I, that's where I reside um, I do have a full time job so I, I try and fit my streams in amongst that, I do very long days as you've mm. heard today how many hours I've done um, but I'm still here, I'm still I'm still. you know, I, I wouldn't let you guys down but, so, somehow uh, yeah. there's relaxation you madman well, if you knew my job, you would take it as... <laughs> True, know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, but as I say, it's um, it's been great coming on. And uh, I appreciate, um, you know, spending time with you guys and shooting this. Try- I've done really well today that I haven't really swore. Behaved. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I have kept my Glasgow in check. It's been obviously, definitely nice having you. Uh, obviously, if people come to the stream, uh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, you're only watching, I'm the one going to hell. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you'll be in good company, Dev. We'll join you. And thanks very much to the guys that turned up in chat as well. Uh, I've, I've, I've literally just brought up chat just to, you know, yeah, but thank you very much to, to everybody involved um, and thanks very much for the effort for the podcast that you do guys, I appreciate it, thank you very much We're glad to have you along and we'll probably ask you back at some point 
Yes, yeah. when I'm much more richer and famous and maybe as old as Jingles. <laughs> well, uh, and with that nice outlook into the future, thanks everyone for watching and see you next time. Bye. Bye.